I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, and in our continuing studies in the book of Romans, we arrive this time in chapter 5. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, was guided by the Holy Spirit to write this explanation of the gospel for the benefit of Christians in Rome. This teaching would help them understand the gospel truth they had responded to and that they must continue to respond to, and this instruction would enable them to answer or defend their faith or respond to any doubt that might be among them. Romans chapter 5. Now, here's what we know before we arrive in Romans 5. Our problem here on earth is sin. God sent Jesus to bear the penalty so we can be forgiven and be children of God. We receive forgiveness and we're able to live right with God through the activity of our faith in Christ based on His atoning sacrifice. Now, when we do this, when our faith is activated in obedience, we hear, believe, and obey the gospel. We are baptized. What do we have? That's the question that's answered here in chapter 5. Listen to the first five verses in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I want you to notice these three words, since we have. Since we have been justified by faith. Now, notice these next two words, we have, and that's introductory to this section here. We have been justified by faith, past tense. So what do we have now as justified people? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Sin disrupts the sinner's relationship with God. When we live outside of God's will, we walk away from God. By our sin, we create a disruption of our relationship with our Creator. When we realize that, and we understand Jesus died for us, we obey that message, the gospel. We are brought back into a good relation with God, and therefore it says here, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Every part of that needs our attention. We have. That's the reality of personal, present possession. Peace describes what we have, 
harmony, reconciliation in our relationship with God. We're talking about those justified by faith. Peace tells us that this is vertical. This is about our relationship with God. Peace with God. But then never leave out this next part, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Without that last part, the first part would not be real. Only through Jesus Christ, only because of His work for us, can we respond to Him and have peace with God. Verse 2 continues to describe what justified people have. It says, through Him. That's through Jesus Christ. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. There's a very simple concept here of access into a room. I want you to think of that. Access into a room. So picture God's gracious forgiveness brought about by Jesus Christ as a room, the room of God's grace. Now, to get into that room, to have access into this room, we hear, believe, and obey the gospel. The activity of faith takes us where we could never be without Jesus Christ. We can enter the room of God's favor, stay there, and stand there by faith in Jesus Christ. There's more. We rejoice in hope of the glory of of God. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That means not only do we have present benefits, but future eternal benefits. Being in the presence of the glorious God after we die, spending eternity with Him. You know, the book of Romans has taken us to some unpleasant realities. In the first three chapters, the emphasis is on the problem, man's sin, sin that takes us away from God. <clears throat> then in chapter 3, the good news that Jesus died so that we can be saved. Chapter 4 speaks to the activity of faith through which we apply the remedy, faith such as was displayed by Abraham and David. Now, in the opening verses of chapter 5, people of faith, are able to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. When I come back, will be in verses 3 and 4 of Romans chapter 5. The next two verses continue to describe what we have. Verses 3 and 4. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame 
because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I've read verses 3, 4, and 5. Let's talk about our situation here on earth as human beings. We live in an environment that is broken, where troubles and strain is inevitable. People get sick. People have accidents. People become victims of crime, persecution, injustice, oppression. There are disappointments associated with our earthly existence, conflict, unexpected crisis, on and on. And you know this from your own experience. Here in this passage, this earthly situation and these accumulated unpleasantries are captured by one word, sufferings, or in some of the translations, tribulation. So while we live in peace with God through Jesus Christ, there is conflict, pain, and suffering here on earth. Paul speaks to Christians and he says here, not only can you rejoice while suffering, you can glory in tribulation, glory in suffering. You can rejoice in glory because in those trials, you are able through Christ to develop virtue and grow stronger and have good discipline, the discipline of your faith in Christ. So for Christians, suffering, tribulation, produces perseverance, character, and hope. I remember this quotation from McGarvey based on this passage. The joy of the believer is not confined to this expectation of future good. The believer rejoices also even though enduring present problems, even in tribulation, because tribulation develops in him those elements of character which make him useful here and prepare him for heaven after a while. So what, what a rich passage this is for Christians. Not everybody is a Christian. Not everybody can claim to have this. This is about what people have who are Christians justified by faith. Verse 5. Now, it says in verse 5, hope does not put us to shame. Some translations, hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, it is critical that we understand verse 5 in this context. The common temptation when this verse is read or cited is to impose on this some of the modern assumptions about the Holy Spirit that come to us through the avenue of the Pentecostal or the Charismatic movement, that there is some mysterious, direct, or miraculous operation that comes into us apart from our response to the Word of God. So, let's back up and let the context speak to us clearly. This passage is not about miraculous activity. This is about what people have, what people know, 
by hearing the gospel and responding. The verse immediately before verse 5 speaks to what we can know about what faith is able to do for us in our tribulation. So whatever this is in verse 5, it must be connected to what we know, what we've heard. God has revealed these things through the Holy Spirit. We hear and we read and we respond by the activity of faith. In this way, God is so generous toward us, it can be said, His love pours out into our hearts, the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean we work miracles. It doesn't mean we just sit back as receivers. This takes in all the love and generous impartations to us that we're able to have as we respond, as we are people who are justified by faith. Hope does not put to shame. Hope does not disappoint. Knowing who God is, we know He's faithful to keep His promises. There's no fear in our relationship with God through Christ that coming to the end will be disappointed. No concern about that at all when we're living by the activity of faith in Christ. A few practical points. This is one of those passages in the New Testament where this personal thought process needs to happen. If you find something here that is attractive, look carefully into the passage to discover what you need to do to have what you find attractive here. If a promise is made, see what you need to do to receive that promise. So with this passage, you read about peace and joy and hope. Who has peace and joy and hope? Those who are justified by faith. <clears throat> I want to repeat that important concept we talked about earlier. Access by faith into this grace. In modern religious teaching, it is not uncommon for someone to say something like this. Salvation is all grace. Sometimes people make statements that are exaggerations. You may hear statements like grace only. Here's how the Bible presents this. By grace, God offers to forgive us based on the work of Christ. By faith, we receive that gift. So grace does not force salvation on sinners. Grace is not irresistible. Grace is God-giving. Faith is man receiving. Please read more about that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And that's our study of Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Come back with us the next time when we continue at verse 6. Thank you. These are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas.